Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Center for Nursing Inquiry podcast. I am Nadine Rosenblum, a Nursing Inquiry Coordinator with the CNI, and I am talking today with Maddie Whalen about the appendices in the Johns Hopkins Evidence-Based Practice for Nurses and Healthcare Professionals Model and Guidelines, fourth edition. Hi, Maddie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. So there are several appendices in the um, Johns Hopkins Evidence-Based Practice for Nurses and Healthcare Professionals book, and I'd like to hear from you about each one of them. So should we start with Appendix A? Yeah, it's always good to start at the beginning. (laughs) Okay, so can you explain what the appendices are? Sure. So in general, they're really tools for people to use to walk them through the evidence-based practice process. People get a little confused sometimes that we call them an appendix or an appendices, and that's just because they're actually physically located in the back of the book if you have the textbook. But if you're just using the tool um, downloaded offline or maybe through school or one of your um, meetings or one of your councils at work, you might just have the piece of paper. And so when you see the word appendix, it's just a freestanding piece of paper. And so it doesn't really have the context of being in the back of the book or a supplement to what we have in the manual. However, we also really try to use the word tools. And so as much as possible, we'll be calling them tools as we talk through um, each of them over the course of the next few podcasts. Okay, that sounds great. So let's go ahead and start with Appendix A. Um, tell me about it, the PET process guide. Right, so Appendix A is our pet process guide and it actually has two parts. So the first part, the first page is a work breakdown structure. So I don't know about you, but in nursing school, I didn't get any project project management training. And so this is meant to help all of our nurses and other healthcare professionals map out the project. It has each of the steps of the EBP process, steps one through 20, broken down into each of the PET phases, as well as a calendar associated with it. So you can mark um, which month you're planning to have that step done. Um, And then also when you're hoping to have the overall project done as well as who's on your EBP team. So that's the first page. Um, (laughs) Sometimes people also, it's. Um, laid out a little bit like a Gantt chart, if someone's heard that phrase before. And it's just sort of a visual representation of your overall plan and timeline for a project. Right. I was just going to say that it really looks a lot like what people think of as a Gantt chart, but it's a really good tool to plan out your project. Um, you're, You're right. I didn't get any project planning training in nursing school either. So I'm glad this is here. Right, and it's really helping to set you up for success from the beginning so you can think through where you want to end up with your project and then all of the steps of how you're going to get there and then kind of how they all have to cascade into each other to end up with your deadline being completed when you're all planning on being done. So that's page one. And then page two is actually a new edition on the in the fourth edition to the book. And what it, it is, is a decision tree to determine if you actually need to do an EBP project. And I think that this is one of the most important editions in the fourth edition of the book. Um, And one of the most helpful things in all of the tools or the appendices of the model. So I think that a lot of people have probably realized at some point in doing an EBP project or thinking that they need to do an EBP project is that maybe their question or their problem isn't well suited for an evidence-based practice literature review and then implementation. And so this tool walks you through each of the steps that you'll need to take to to assess whether your problem is best suited for EBP, QI, or research. 
That sounds like a very helpful new tool. It is. We know that nurses' time is super valuable. And if you already have a recent, relevant, high-quality evidence synthesis that addresses your population, your problem, you might be able to go right to implementation instead of spending months reviewing the literature, appraising the literature, and generating recommendations. Likewise, there's also questions that don't necessarily have a lot of evidence, and you can't do an EBP if you don't have any E, the evidence. And this helps direct you to perhaps doing a research project or maybe looking at some other types of information before embarking on a full EBP only to find out that there maybe just isn't any literature about that topic. And that happens a lot for things that are a little bit more recent. So when the COVID epidemic hit, I was working with a couple of groups who wanted to do EBPs about COVID. However, we were only about six months into the pandemic, and so there wasn't any literature on it. So we didn't have any evidence to do the evidence-based practice project. So that was really more suited for a research project because we were having to create new knowledge. Well, that sounds like a really good, effective tool to use, especially for a situation like that. Exactly. All right. All right. So we did talk about how important this tool is. Is there anything you want people to know or remember about this Appendix A? Yes. So there's two things, actually. One of the things is for all of the tools, and that is sometimes people don't realize that there's instructions on the last page or two of the tool. So if you scroll past the part that you're actually filling out, sort of like the worksheet portion, there is instructions on how to complete each part. Um, so for Appendix A, it goes through both um, the not only the project planning aspect, but also the decision tree it tells you how to sort of work through each portion of that. And then the other thing I wanted to mention was again that this, if you sort of remember nothing from Appendix A, remember that this is the first place you should go before your team starts to really get in the weeds with an EVP to determine if that EVP literature review portion even needs to be done. Because there are some great people and organizations out there that their whole job is to create high quality evidence synthesis. And they might have already done one for you and you can just move right to implementation and save your team a lot of time and headache. Wow, this sounds like a very, very valuable tool, the pet process appendix. So um, thank you so much for sharing this information with us. And I gotta say, I absolutely love that the instructions <laughs> are built right into the tool. So um, exactly. that's wonderful, yeah. Um, anything else you want people to know about Appendix A, the pet process guide? We just want everyone to always know that they can reach out to the Center for Nursing Inquiry if they have any questions. Um, a lot of the part of the Appendix A, the decision tree, you can sort of do on your own if you go to the Welsh Library. But if you're having any questions about finding information, maybe about refining your EVP question or defining your problem, um, please reach out to us and we are more than happy to help. Okay, that's wonderful. Thank you, Maddie, for speaking with us today. Um, as always, you can reach out to the Center for Nursing Inquiry with any questions or concerns that you have about your inquiry work. You can find us on the Hopkins intranet website, hopkinsmedicine.org, Nursing Center, Nursing Inquiry, or you can email us at nursinginquiry at jhmi.edu. Thanks, Nadine. Thanks, Maddie.